Welcome to The Spirit of Success, a podcast hosting honest conversations for people who want to show up and work in life to create their own limitless realities. Each week, we deliver spiritual inspiration from real people, sharing their stories about authentic living from the road less traveled. Now here's your host, Dr. Tracy Debbie. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Spirit of Success, the podcast. I am your host, Dr. Tracy Debbie, and I just want to say it's been a year of Spirit of Success, the podcast, so yay us. I really wanted to celebrate this year of podcasting. I can't believe that I'm a podcaster. (laughs) It's been amazing. I've met incredible people. You know all of them. And just to even foster and like nurture our relationships over the past year has been amazing. Um, and being able to share some people with you for the very first time ever being on a podcast has just made my heart so happy. And hearing all the amazing things that you sent to me, things that my guests have told me, I mean, it just, it just totally warms my heart. And so I wanted to celebrate. And so I had this idea and I'm just going to roll with it. One of our fan favorites is Colin Harris from season one, episode five, Embracing and Leaning into Your Spiritual Gifts. And we actually recorded a bonus session on anxiety. And then we just completely kind of went down a rabbit hole on spirituality and how that's all connected. And I wanted to release that for you. I wanted to, I wanted the world to hear it. I thought it was such a phenomenal conversation. So Colin's all good with it. And um, we're going to release that today. That's what today's episode is for you. Really about, you know, just being open to different ideas about things. And that's what this whole episode's about. I know you're going to learn something from it. I learned something from it. And so I can't wait for you to hear. So without any further ado, please enjoy the episode. So this is down the rabbit hole and we're going to feature this topic of anxiety. So Colin, Let's get down and dirty about anxiety. So can you tell me, because you have a really interesting take on anxiety. Can you share that? Uh, This is going to end up being a little bit of a rant, but here we go. Yeah, down the rabbit hole we go. Anxiety and depression. For me, if you have anxiety, you are going to the future. And if you have depression, you are going to the past. Now, this is the crazy part. When it comes with anxiety... And you're going to the future. It can happen so fast that you don't even realize you did it. The more and more I meet people with anxiety, the more and more I realize that those people are generally extremely gifted. Somebody will feel anxiety and they're on their way to a party. And, you know, they're, oh my God, like, oh my God, there's me, this person. So they're actually traveling to the future. They're experiencing the future. They're standing in the room. Now they're an empath. Now they're taking all that energy from that room, soaking it up, and then bringing it back to the now. And of course, that's going to be overwhelming. The crazy part is, is they're going to a future that has like a 0.0001% chance of happening. In that way, based on their perception, right? On that way, based on their perception. So they're like, have this fear. So now they just went to 15 futures that aren't, don't even have a 1% chance of happening, a 10% chance of happening. Like what's actually going to happen is everything's going to be fine, but they just experienced all those futures in an instant. And then they brought all that emotion back into their body, that overwhelming feeling of like something crazy happening. 
and that feeling. And then now you're as an empath, you're sitting there going, Oh my God, I can't go anywhere. I'm frozen. That way of looking at it of you're literally, if you think of it as literally going to the future, feeling all that stuff and then bringing it back into the body. First off, how crazy is it? You're kind of time traveling, but the more people I talk to about it, even if they don't fully realize that they're going there and being there, most people are like, that's exactly what I do. I go to the future. I feel everything. And then I come back and it's like, Oh, but you can, it happens so fast. And some people don't have the awareness. I was going to say, I think the science backs you up on this too, because we know this for a fact, your subconscious mind has no idea what's real and what's made up. It doesn't know the difference. If you have a real experience and we know this for sure, for sure, from Olympic athletes, because when they go on this like stage and they go lift the weight, let's just say, so they did this uh, study with Olympic weightlifters. When they go to lift that weight and we see it on TV, it's our first time seeing it. It's their body's 10,000th time doing it. And maybe they only physically practiced a hundred times. Actually, I'll give you an even better study. So I don't, again, I don't know the names of people who did this. I have no idea. I can find them. They had these two groups of kids that never played basketball. They were like 12 or 13 years old. One group got to physically play basketball and practice. They had a basketball in their hand. They shot it in the hoop. This other group got to work with a coach who got them to visualize playing basketball. So visualize bouncing the ball, visualize shooting it, visualize it going in. And then they had both of them play an actual game. And then they, they like tested their skills too. So before they actually played a game, they like tested free throws, they tested passing and shooting, but they didn't have, like they had these two people separate. Do you know what I'm going to say? <laughs> I have this, I have an inkling. So like, I don't, let's drop the bomb. Yeah. So the bomb was, there was no statistical difference in terms of both performances. Wow. Like how crazy is that? That's crazy. I've heard a couple other studies just like that, but I actually really like the basketball one because it's like the easiest one to visualize. Yeah. And it's kids, right? So like they didn't question it. They weren't, they, they didn't know that the other group got to actually play basketball. They just were like, okay, I got told to do this and I just did it. Right. So I love that study because it really, really shows that our subconscious mind doesn't know. Now, any Olympic athlete will tell you that the, the challenge, quote unquote, of performing at, at, at a high level isn't physical. Because once you get to that high level, everyone can lift the weights. You know what I mean? Everybody can swim fast. <laughs> it's more about what is going on in your mind. What is happening there? You know, as you were talking, I'm like, there's some people who would go to the future and be like, I'm going to go to that party. I'm going to be the life of the party. I'm going to bring it when I go there. And there, they did get pumped. They get excited they'd come back and bring that energy and it wouldn't be overwhelming. It'd be empowering. It's interesting that the conversation's heading this way because really linking it to anxiety is the power of the mind and linking that to, we have no idea how impressive the mind, body, soul connection is and what is truly possible. So anxiety is just showing up my personal opinion and I'm not attacking anybody with anxiety. It's the mind. You know, the mind making these interesting feelings in our body. And I explain it one way and science can explain it a different way. But really, it's, it's, it's the mind that's taking over and, you know, going to a future or imagining playing basketball. That blows my mind that that 
it makes perfect sense. And something that I'm also like really studying right now, something I, I have been afraid to say openly is really Colin, like we're learning the mind and the body are the, they're, they're the same. Your subconscious mind is actually your body because your subconscious mind is your emotional feeling. You feel emotions all over your body. Actually, Candace Pert, who is a PhD, literally showed that the cells of recognition for emotions are all over your body. So she concluded, therefore, your body is your mind, is your subconscious mind. You want to know something funny is the way I like to describe a mind to people is like when I start talking like you, not your mind, like think of your mind as just a really complicated bicep, but you tell that bicep when did, you know, when to move. Well, your mind's the same thing. You know, you have to lift weights to get your muscle bigger. Well, you got to gain control of the mind. Right. But it's, it, it's funny because you keep pointing to your head and something Bob, Bob Proctor taught me is like, if you, we think in pictures. So when I said basketball, you pictured a basketball. When I say Colin, your fridge, you're picturing your fridge. Mm-hmm. What color is your fridge? What side is your like handle on? You're like going to your fridge right now, right? You're in your fridge <laughs> to tell me what side it's on. So we think in pictures. When I asked myself, what does the mind look like? Blank. Nothing. People see a brain, but that doesn't feel right. Just so you know, uh, when you say that, I see an experience I had where I was meditating. It was like I was behind myself and then I had a thought and I was like, I noticed the thought. And then I went, oh my God, who noticed the thought? And so now when you bring that up of like, oh, see your mind, I actually, I can see, I can feel the situation. It's almost like I'm standing behind myself and I can see my mind thinking. Mm, But it's definitely not a brain. No. That's kind of fascinating because, you know, we've been taught that mind is brain or brain is mind. And so for me, I'm just, I'm not judging these experiences. Like I'm not judging what I'm like, you know, seeing or feeling or, you know, getting. So if Candace Pert is showing us that your body is your mind, I'm just open to that idea that that's a possibility. And then what I think is really interesting, the the thing I wanted to add, and this is again from Bob Proctor is that overwhelm feeling that we bring, that some people bring back into the future they suppress it because they don't know how to express it. And as soon as you start to suppress it, that leads to dis-ease. You cannot be at ease. You cannot vibrate at a frequency that's conducive to growth and for me, overall functioning. But our body's so freaking cool that it will adapt to that. That's how amazing our body is and relatively quickly. Just so you know, as you're talking about this and like my description of, you know, going to the future, I just realized that when you're visualizing, your subconscious mind does not know, you know, your consciousness is literally traveling. Your subconscious does not know the difference. Wow. It has no idea. That's why visualizing works. That's why, like I've manifested before. And a key part of that for me was two things was visualizing the future I wanted, not something I didn't want, which was hard in the beginning for me because I was like, well, I just thought of all the things that could go wrong and all the things I didn't want, like being late. Like, you know, many times I pictured being late and then I was late. So I started picturing, I just changed my mind to focus on, okay, what do you want here? Visualized it, but then emotionalized that. So let's just say, so like I manifested this condo that I'm in right now. So I felt pretty helpless living with my parents. Like I didn't want to live with them anymore. And yeah, I was that's like, I'm pretty desperate. Yeah. So then I was like, okay, so when I have my own condo, what will that feel like? Freedom. What came to me at the time, I think was something like liberation, happiness. 
So all I did was connect those emotions to this condo. Now the key is, and I've talked about this Buckminster Fuller quote before. It's like, it, you can't change what's happening right now by fighting your existing reality. You create a new one. Instead of being like, ah, oh, I'm so mad. I have to live with my parents. Meh, meh, meh. Woe is me, which I did. I was like, okay, that's not working. So then this person came into my life and t- taught me about this stuff. And again, I didn't know it. I was so naive that I just did it, which thank God, right? <laughs> or thank goodness. So what I did is I suspended all of my senses that were telling me you're lying on this bed at your parents' house and you're unhappy. I just suspended that long enough to create this reality of this condo that I wanted. And then I felt happiness, freedom, liberation in that reality. When I opened my eyes, I was still at my parents' house, but I didn't let that overwhelm me and let go of this reality I created. I still held on to that reality. As I'm listening to you, this actually really ties in for people with anxiety. Um, You don't have to live with anxiety. There is things you can do, whether you use what you're talking about and you're visualizing and you're feeling that, you know, and you're controlling what you think. If you use my method and you just breathe, you know, you go to the future and you're like, nope, that's the future. I'm safe in the now. Or you go see, you know, a specialist or you don't have to live with that stuff, right? Like, No, I think that that's all we're saying. <laughs> yeah, the mind. It's funny that this conversation really led towards the mind and I love that it did. Uh, we went down a rabbit hole and, you know, sometimes you, when you start in a rabbit hole and you like, you look down in it, you think, you know what you're going to find. Guess what? There's a the turn. <laughs> yeah. And we turn and all these stories about the mind, it, it really, it just solidifies me of like, number one, how powerful that mind is. It is so incredible. And we think we know, but like, we don't really fully understand consciousness and the mind body interaction. That's why like, Going back to like the body and stuff, the mind, you know, people healing. Joe Dispenza, I think is his name, you know, visualize his uh, spine. I believe it's his spine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he healing put his spine and then, back together in his head. Boom. And I actually, because of him, I, I went and researched a lot of people that started walking in and they never thought. And, you know, they used the subconscious mind to heal themselves. It only makes sense of like, why are we letting our mind run us? Like somebody with anxiety, they feel so helpless, you know, like they can't control it, but like you can reprogram your mind. It just, it'll take time and you can't get down if you, you know, you do have a panic attack, but you can reprogram that stuff. Totally. I mean, you know me, like I'm calling this down the rabbit hole for a reason. Something interesting I, I also want to bring to your attention is you've heard of like sympathetic and parasympathetic system, right? So your sympathetic is your stress response. It's your fight or flight. That response is dictated by something called your amygdala, which is like an almond-shaped area of your brain in the center of your brain, actually. And that's like your fear response. When that, when your amygdala is, is activated, it actually shuts down our frontal cortex, our frontal lobe. Our frontal lobe is the area that is responsible for complex decision-making, planning, being open-minded. So what happens is when your sympathetic is trying to save your life, it literally shuts down options because it's like, we need to make decisions quick. Colin, run away. There's a bus coming. If you're like, the sky is blue and uh, no, you have to move out of the way. 
So this part of our brain was meant to protect us, but what it does is it actually keeps us closed-minded. So what I've learned is that you cannot heal in that environment. Your brain literally won't let you. If you want to bring it back to a very physical place for a second, physically, you cannot do that. It's only when your parasympathetic system, which is the sister or the counterpart to that, which is called rest and restore. When you're in rest and restore and relax, really, mode, then your mind opens up to possibilities of healing. That's when you can connect to your subconscious. That's when you can connect to your emotions. You can't do that in fight or flight mode because it's like, we need to protect you. You might die. And how many people are, you know, running around in that state of being? Yeah. And I bring this up because Lisa Rankin, who is a medical doctor, she went through her own healing journey, very similar to mine, very similar to a lot of other medical doctors um, or doctors, I should say. And she decided to research spontaneous healings around the world. She went around the world. So you, you've heard of um, the guy in Brazil who does the, um, I think his name's David. He's like, he's just known to help people like heal from far away. So she, she like, she like went a, like around the world and she's writing a book that, that'll be published next year. But she's talked about it on podcasts. There were seven things that all these spontaneous healings had in common. Two are nutrition-based. Five are psycho-spiritual. Crazy, right? Because she talks about that you need to be in that rest and restore. You need to be in that area. Your body has to be open to the possibilities. And what controls all of this? Mindset. It always flowed back to mindset. And that's why I focus so much on this stuff because at the end of the day, that is what is the difference maker between the people who have a result that's beneficial for them. I'm not even going to judge it. I'm just going to say a result that's beneficial for them versus those who don't. On that note is, so you, I love the, all the science that you read. <laughs> now you're actually finding out. <laughs> um, but what I want to say is, is that I want everybody listening to really know that fear is like, like negative and fear is actually like, from my experience, like a more dominating factor. Like you have to like say happy things like way more and like retrain your mind listening to you. I think about like our evolution and like, well, scary things that could kill you, you know, that was actually more important, but now we're living in a society where there's nothing that's going to kill you. So we've learned to like make these things mean the same thing and it's so easy to be negative and i'm not saying to like spiritually bypass but i am a very happy person i still experience sadness and i don't run away from the sadness or the darkness but generally i'm happy and a big part of that is my mindset you know like you have to train your mind and if you can really train your mind is that who you are no it's not no definitely not no i'm sorry i'm just like sitting here shaking my head i should say something no and i love that you said that because it's so important to know that we are hard, hardwired for fear as a protective mechanism this is what i mean like your body always wants to to protect you because we're hardwired for that so i i love the point that you brought up about how that's why people do affirmations and people are like you're crazy affirmations are dumb i used to think that too I'm like affirmations whatever try them Honestly, if you don't like where you are or what's going on, that's why I say affirmations all the time. That's why I do positive things regularly, not because I'm trying to be toxically positive. It's because I understand what's going on. And like to your point, if you subscribe to healing, that comes with growth. 
And at different levels of growth, I experience fear differently. I just want to quickly touch on something because I can feel uh, somebody needs to hear this. Somebody who's in their stage of healing where they're really focused on positivity and then you're at the next level, you're at stage, let's say three or four, or maybe at stage one, but you're looking at that person. Well, like you're not seeing your stuff. That person isn't there yet. Like you can't judge anybody on their healing journey. That is something I've really learned down this is like, you're at a different awareness and a different perception. So like, you know, and this is going on in the world right now where it's like, well, you're not seeing it. It's like, well, maybe some people are just at the stage where they need to be really positive and really push that because they're retraining their mind. And then when they're at the next level and they're at a core place where their nervous system is calm and that stuff, they can go into it, but they're not at the point where they can like go into it. So it feels really important just to let people know that like, if you notice yourself really judging somebody else, take a second. Okay. Why are you judging that person? You know, like maybe they can't see what you're seeing. And if you attack them, they're never going to hear you. You know, even me with somebody with anxiety, like I no longer have very rarely do I have anxiety unless I'm in a big crowd just to like, you know, be really kind to that person. I know my mind. I'm like, well, I get it. Like you're going to the future, like breathe, but like just having compassion for all the people where they're at in their journey. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that point up because like we could talk about the science and you know, I could talk about the like science, but there's an art to it too, right? Like I want to bring that up. And the art part is what you just said, a huge, huge thing for me. And I'm like, really glad you brought this up is releasing judgment. But first of myself, I can't hold space for someone else and not judge them if I'm judging myself. I mean, I've tried that game. It doesn't work. People have different capacities, so I'm sure some people could do it longer. But then you know in your heart if you're judging yourself. I only found out all this information because I've been open-minded on the journey, because I haven't judged myself for going through something. Like, if you feel attacked by somebody, that's going to put you further in that sympathetic state that we just talked about. That's further away from healing. So why would you want to do that for someone else? You know, it doesn't make sense. Of course, you don't want to do that. I'm going to add something there. If you are truly judging somebody else and you're triggered by somebody else, put a mirror between them and you because generally you're actually judging yourself. Yep. I I was pointing to myself. I'm like, it's all about you, baby. (laughs) Yeah. It's all about you. And like, I'm not saying that, you know, I can see something happening and being aware of it. That's different than me being triggered. And like, you know, and you know, everybody does. I I, I still judge some people sometimes. And it's, but as soon as it happens, I have that awareness like, Oh, like, okay. Like, why am I judging myself here? Yeah, totally, totally, totally. And like, at, at first for me, it was like, for like, you know, very, outwardly facing like oh that shirt is ugly or you know that's a weird outfit and then I'd be like whoa wait a minute whoa 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 why do I think that what's really happening here and then it was like well that person's not kind that wasn't a kind thing to do and then it was like a oh what is really triggering me with that where am I not being kind to myself instead of judging them and then I was like oh well I'm really not doing self-care like I'm really not showing myself kindness I'm really not eating what I should do you feel that? I feel it. Yeah, it was a game changer. Total game changer. Because it was like the specific word kind. It wasn't like, oh, that person's being mean or not nice, like kindness. Actually, this happened recently. That's why you're probably feeling it so strong. It's because it was a real example happened to me recently. Something we haven't really talked about here is like, okay, so then what's the strategy? A strategy for me has been journaling. So I've been doing something called morning pages where I sit down every day 
and I write three pages of just like consciousness. So like what is in my head that I need to release? And if you stick with that and don't pull up the pen and just let your mind wander, which I did in the beginning, if you just keep writing, you'll be fascinated at what comes out. Fascinated. And now I have Google uh, Drive that I have morning pages continued. So if I can't be with my book, let's just say I was outside when this triggering activity happened. I didn't want to suppress. So go going back to we talked about suppression. I was like, no, this needs to be expressed. I literally grabbed my phone and I just wrote down the triggering event, what happened the, in my perception of it, and then literally wrote down, okay, where's kindness missing from my life? And then it was like, Whew. a lot of people, the journaling helps for me. It was just like, I did the mirror technique anytime that I felt anything. So like, there's obviously like certain emotions that come up that aren't like, bang, you know, or maybe somebody wronged you, you know, and you have to have a better boundary, but you know, a guy at my work. And I knew he didn't like me. And my initial reaction was to attack him. You know what I did? I was like, so I put the mirror up and I went, I haven't accepted that maybe at work, like I am kind of lazy because I'm not passionate about what I'm doing. And like, I, I saw all this stuff within me and I was like, oh, and then once I got through that, it wasn't as triggering. And then I just, I did the, actually funny, I did the mind technique where I found one thing I loved about him. You know, he's the hardest worker. That led to the, now, you know, even if that person's talking smack about me, I know that I've healed it because I literally don't have a reaction. If he needed help, I'd just walk over and help him because I just have this love for him, you know? So like anybody in your life that's being a big trigger and it's really giving you a big emotional response, like, please look at yourself, look at your mind, you know, put the mirror up, you know, find one thing you like about them. You know, same with the jobs. You know, a lot of people here, like, I hate my job. Find one thing you like about your job and it could be, it brings me money. Okay. Now give me two, give me three. You know what? Like I don't love my job, but I could list 10 things of why it's, why it's great. And for some reason I'm, it's leading to me. Like I ask people, what do you do for fun? And nobody has an answer, you know, talk about going down the rabbit hole, right? Okay. Well, what do you do for fun? You don't even know. It's like, we got to almost program that into your brain of what do you enjoy? What do you feel happy doing? For people sitting at home and going, well, there's nothing I do. Well, you go try stuff. How amazing is that? If that's your spiritual moment that you got to go try having fun things, like, can I do that? Yeah. <laughs> like, and, I, and I tell people sometimes if you're like, I don't know, go back to what like brought you joy as a kid. A lot of people have, you know, rough, you know, childhoods and I understand that. But there was a point before all this programming happened where you actually experienced joy just for the sake of it. You're just in the moment. And usually people can find something. Like for me, it was like playing in the dirt. You know what I mean? Like I just loved being in nature and like being with a tree. And like, I remember this, my dad cut an earthworm in half <laughs> and I thought it was going to die. And it just like sprouted things and just continued to live. And I was just like, what wow. is that? That's so freaking awesome. I was so amazed. And he was like, what? And then I, I remember my grandpa being like, oh, she likes worms. And like, just I brought me a bunch of worms. Like, what the hell? I remember being like, oh, that's the coolest thing ever. And just being super fascinated by, honestly, life. And so like, it's funny how I'm like, now that's the thing that also brings me joy. Just being in nature and being like, huh, there's bugs around me. And just, I just, just being in, just being. And then I'm just in nature. Anyway, so to talk about anxiety. That's the thing that I feel like 
I literally can feel like my body take like a deep breath in and out and just totally relax in nature. That is my thing, which is why I know I have to be in nature. So I think I want to bring it in for a landing being like, if, if you can find the thing that brings you joy, that will, and even the thought of that. So Colin, even the thought of me being in nature takes me away from that anxiety. Again, your body doesn't know the difference. So I would tell people, if you can have an experience first of the thing that brings you joy and then create now that as a memory too. So you can go back to that and in your hold space for that experience in your body, you will move away from that anxiety. And then for the other half of people, I want to tell you the easiest way for me is I'm going to do it with you right now, actually. Mm. Everybody just take a big, deep breath and just let it out. I am safe. Everything right now is fine. And then take another big breath and really feel the air go out of your body. And on this next breath, feel the air going in your nose. And it's crazy how just a few short breaths calm your entire body and your mind. I think you're going at like stage one and I'm at like stage five. So I think a really great place to start is with your breath. Your breath is like the most powerful thing. So I would say breath. And then if you're open to an experience like stage three, that could be like different tools, which I think are really cool. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, no problem. I just want to add that if anybody is really experiencing anxiety to a very high level, like feel free to reach out. Yes, reach out to either of us, but also I'll just add one more thing. I think there's a lot of shame and guilt. So, I mean, definitely reach out to us, but if there's somebody in your life that you're like, I think this person can help me, reach out to that person, whoever it is. That might be your friend, your mom, your dad, your sister, your partner. It might be a psychotherapist someone told you about that you were thinking about trying. Reach out to them. It's worth it. I mean, for everything we've talked about, like it affects your whole life, like we said in the episode, and I still feel that way now. So reach out to that person, but don't be afraid to ask for help. And I would say, we talked about non-judgment. This is where that comes in. It comes in, in the not judging yourself for needing help. My opinion, my opinion. So I'm glad you 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 brought that up. I just want to add that as a disclaimer at the end here. If anyone's listening, then <laughs> I hope they still heard that. So Colin, thank you for doing this. Thank you for coming down the rabbit hole with me. I'm sure we'll do it again. <laughs> Colin Harris, thank you so much for being on the show legitimately one of my favorite people. I told Colin that he was probably one of the first people that I ever really cried in front of. <laughs> but he's such an amazing human being, just holds so much space for you to authentically be yourself. So it feels like a true honor and gift to be able to host him on the podcast now twice and share his amazing knowledge and wisdom with the world. Um, like I said, he is definitely a fan favorite episode. You guys really resonated with our energy and this was recorded shortly after that. So I am so excited that we were able to share this with the world. Um, I know we talk about a lot of things that are, you know, paradigm shifting and maybe something new that you didn't hear about before. If that's the case, definitely let me know. Let, 
let me know what's stuck with you. What can we clarify? Is there is there anything we can clarify or make more clear or just even, you know, go into more detail on? Let me know. If you never want to hear about it again, let me know too. Be so curious to know. Definitely give me feedback on these episodes. They're a celebration of the year, but also really helping me get clear on what I can provide for you for Yes, a season three, which I'm excited to announce here. So yeah, Colin, thank you so much. Let me know if you um, send us likes um, on Apple Podcasts and I know that we're moving in the right direction. If you don't feel comfortable reaching out. So uh, please do that. And even forward to a friend if you find that this will help them if they're going through some anxiety as well. So please tune in next week for another epic conversation. And until then, be well, stay well, and make it a great day. Bye. Bye.